Alexia Georgiou. I'm a life coach and instructor. I'm an author and speaker. Welcome to our podcast on crisis communication. Welcome and get ready to get on your happy. We give science-backed methods with practical work-life integration application. Stay tuned. you. I'm a life coach, speaker, and author. I provide trainings virtually and in person. Visit my website for online courses, books, and resources. I thank you for tuning in today. in the midst of adversity. My name is Alexia Georgiou. I'm a life coach, author, and speaker. I have 25 plus years in mental health and social work industries, and I recently started my own business. I furthered my education with a leadership and management certification from Wharton Education, and I began to integrate these concepts. Within the past 10 years, we have found immense progress in the field of neuroscience and psychology, specifically positive psychology. We've defined the science of happiness and what that means, and we're learning. Have you ever made excuses? Listen to that inner critic or the voice of others. Has worry taken over your thought life or doubting yourself with imposter syndrome? Are you afraid with what's happening in the world, the instability and the change? We all have hopes and dreams, and it's important to hold on and not give up. Optimism is the muscle that we need to build to keep going, keep hope alive, and keep dreaming. Take a moment to jot down what brings you happiness. What we thought about happiness just isn't true. Historically, we thought, well, it's ideal. It's something that I'm working towards and it's uninterrupted bliss. We do have moments of bliss in our lives and it's fleeting. It doesn't last because events happen, life happens, disappointments happen. And what we're moving towards when it comes to identifying happiness is what's our environment like and how does that affect us? And we're also learning that we are responsible and there's brain exercises to train our brain and increase happiness. The 2020 Happiness Report talked about subjective well-being. Happiness in the United States fell since 2008. Even though we're more wealthy financially, we have not seen increased happiness. Whether we call it well-being or happiness, it can be measured, increased, sustained, and restored, even for people who have been traumatized. So the events of life do not define happiness, uh, and they should not control our state of being. So how are we doing this research? Researchers are looking at the brain, its circuits, positive emotions with optogenics, light that's turning circuits on and off, 
the Functional Magnetic Resonance Imaging, FMRI, uh, technology has really brought advances to look at brain activity. So now we have measures and maps. Basically, they can see our emotions. They can see how our emotions respond to stimuli. Researchers are hoping to find how strongly we react to stimulus, positive and negative, with the goal of shortening the negative emotional response and prolonging the positive emotional response. Have you ever known someone that they were so healthy uh, physically and they were eating right and they were exercising and then they suddenly dropped dead of a heart attack? And people say, but they were so healthy. They ran and they were watching their diet. I know they were. Did we ask ourselves about their emotional well-being and their mental self-care? Were they able to express their emotions freely and regulate them to positive? The studies show that optimism has a positive correlation with heart health. Our goal is to equalize our thinking with physical well-being and emotional well-being. We are taught from a young age how to groom and take care of our bodies, how to eat right, the importance of exercise. And yet, do we learn about our emotions, how important it is to feel and express, and what the feelings actually are? Our goal is to train ourselves with routine brain exercises. The brain can grow and develop. This is just as important as physical exercise. There's benefits to happiness. You're going to live longer and be more successful. There's a 14% higher risk of death for those who self-report they're not happy compared to those who report they are happy. Happy people have 3% greater earning potential than less happy people. Happy people have 12% more productivity than less happy people. So if you have coworkers, if you have staff, and you want them to be productive, this training and this course is the answer. Happiness is not always feeling good. Being in a state of enjoyment with uninterrupted joy, sunsets, home runs, chocolate cake, kittens, babies. Characteristics of happy people include the emo-diverse, that means they're able to manage all different emotions and are satisfied with the way life is going. Our goal really needs to be to find a contentment with life. There will be ups and downs uh, and we will have situations surprise us. Change will be constant. We will have loss and we will have the emotions. Being comfortable with our emotions is a valuable skill to develop. COVID-19 helped a lot of us to rethink what's the priority in life. And the question that a lot of us are asking is, will we find a renewed sense of gratitude for simple things? 
Or will we fall back into our old routines? And what does research show? We have to be intentional to bring something new about. And when we participate with other human beings with these intentions and exercises, it sticks with us longer. Sustaining satisfaction with life requires practice and intention, even amid difficulties, disappointments, and loss. So we do have a complex emotional response. There are no bad emotions. When it becomes harmful is when we get stuck. Anger is rooted in sadness and fear, and we need to increase our understanding. So the next time you feel mad, acknowledge it. There's probably a really good reason that you're angry, and look at why, what's causing the anger, and go deeper. What are you sad about, and what causes you to feel fear? Because that's the root of it. We're more comfortable with saying anger, expressing anger, because we feel power. Happiness is a choice. Happiness is a skill. Well-being is a choice. Well-being is a skill. Just like physical health is a choice and a skill. We have something to do about it. We make decisions every day what we eat, whether we exercise, and we need to make those equal choices with our mental health. Psychologist Mary Piper shares how she spent Christmas without her children, family, or friends due to COVID-19. She and her husband enjoyed nature during a walk. She felt very happy confirming what she believed and taught others all along about happiness. We can measure happiness. Dr. Martin Seligman at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia has conducted decades of research in positive psychology. He says that we can increase happiness using interventions. We can measure happiness using the Satisfaction with Life Scale. Go to his website to find these self-measuring inventories, meaning you can go, you can choose one of the inventories to take, practice these skills, and then go back and take the same one over four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, and that will help you recognize the progress. How we see ourselves is how we are going to present ourselves and how others will experience us. Visualize your best self. Virtual reality is evolving with digital interactive characters to look and act like real people to enhance emotional wellness. We want to help people navigate our inner world. Uh, so there are institutes where a lot of creativity is happening in this arena. Environmental factors do contribute to happiness. The 2020 World Happiness Report did report this. They talked about it. Uh, and so we measure happiness by how we feel and how we evaluate our lives. An app called Mappiness was used, and users reported feelings of happiness at random points during the day. They reported their time and location, and the findings were 
positive emotions recorded more often uh, when people were in parks or by bodies of water. And the social environment was also important. Walking with a friend raised moods by 7.5% compared with 2% when hiking alone. And you may be saying, well, that's common sense. And yes, we all plan those outings in nature to go to the beach, go to the lake, go to the mountains where there's rivers, take walks. Uh, we are social beings. The question is, how are we integrating this intentionally during our day? We're talking about work-life integration. Have you noticed that it's more difficult to separate the two, especially with technology increasing? It's very important for our well-being to integrate breaks where we take deep breaths, where we get sunshine, fresh air, because our well-being directly correlates with our productivity and engagement at work. The techniques that we have in apps currently to nurture our happiness include mindfulness and gratitude. What is mindfulness? It means being in the moment, grounded, knowing that this is what I have to work with is now. I can't change yesterday and I can't do anything about tomorrow. Uh, have you ever let your mind wander uh, where you're worried about something or upset about something that happened? And so mindfulness says, Okay, what I have is now, what can I do about it? And I'm gonna do what I can, let go of the rest, and be mindful of the moments that I have. Gratitude also, we've had multiple gratitude studies. Sean Aker, he began his research when he was at Harvard, and he gave participants a gratitude journaling exercise. He scanned their brains before they started the exercise and scanned the brains again with the fMRI 23 days later. The exercise, write down three things every day, three different things that you're grateful for. The participant's brain rewired significantly from this exercise. And so that's why we're seeing mindfulness and gratitude being integrated in these apps. Neuroscientist Simon Thomas is advocating for forgiveness and apologizing to also be integrated in these apps. There's power to forgive people. And we've heard this, it's part of emotional intelligence. Uh, not forgiving only hurts ourselves. Equally, apologizing has power uh, because human connection is fostered when we can sincerely apologize. And this means that we have thought it through, take responsibility for our actions, and are specific. So how do we keep happiness in the midst of adversity? We are stressed out about being stressed out. This causes us to only focus on basic needs. Food, water, warmth, rest, security, safety. This is a commonality among all people. We're just in automatic mode. From financial crises, to natural disasters, sudden deaths, fear of war, worldwide pandemics. And we need to meet those needs. 
There's an acronym called HALT. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. When we are any one of those things, or all four, we should halt and take care of our needs. Because we get cranky when we're tired or hungry. And we need to be calm. Maslow introduced the hierarchy of needs. And we cannot progress to personal relationships and community or creativity with self-actualization until we meet those basic needs. Again, food, water, warmth, rest, security, safety, physically and psychologically. How safe have we felt during COVID-19? Uh, we know that there's danger and risk of a virus. We protect ourselves with masks and we don't touch one another. We watch out for the air that we breathe because those particles, we could consume them. We have had risk to our safety physically. How has this affected us psychologically? We've been in our homes, many being isolated, and that same happiness report in 2020 prior to the pandemic reported that there's a loneliness epidemic. A research study showed one in 11 people worldwide stated they feel so alone that they cannot identify one person that they can depend on. I went to a national conference with psychologists and neuroscientists and counselors and coaches. One of the cognitive neuroscientists, Dr. Caroline Leaf, was speaking to us and she said, you know what people need more than anything is to be heard. If we would just listen to one another, we wouldn't have such a need to go to therapy. Now, in no way was she discounting the true nature of a mental illness as a disease. A lot of us experience anxiety and depression and it affects us because we don't talk about our needs and our feelings and our thoughts. When we have these basic needs met, then we can focus on relationships and community. Feeling connected to other people elevates our well-being. Now, this is a question. How are we kind of stuck in the basic part with this pandemic right now because of safety concerns? Uh, and how long will this continue to affect us? How has the world changed and how can we adjust? Pivoting during these times is so important because we just can't stay here in this survival mode. Um, our lives won't thrive. And if you're an employer or a member of a team where you depend on one another, you definitely want to get to that self-actualized creative part to innovate. And it comes in Thank you for joining us today. Stay tuned. We have more episodes on happiness. This is a hot topic. Benefit from team building. 
I am available for consultation. I provide team building workshops in person and virtually. Contact me at alexia at theresilientpathway.com. That's A-L-E-X-I-A at theresilientpathway.com.